Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Tom Wells here. Today is Friday, December 8th, 2017. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy pre-weekend, or I guess it's weekend eve. I don't know what to call it, Tom, but it's it's, it's a happy day anyway. <laughs> yeah, glad to be here. Glad to be here with everyone. Looking forward to the show. Looking forward to it myself, and uh, thank you for joining us for your daily dose of happy. A um, couple things we want to mention at the top of the hour. It, we're really doing a big push right now to try to get more and more people subscribed, more and more people listening, and we need your help. We need you to help do that. So, you know, as you like, if you listen to the show, you like the show, you know, just make, take a moment and put a note on your, you know, your Facebook timeline or on uh, Twitter or Instagram or whatever your favorite social media channel is and just say, you know, I'm, I'm listening to LOA today and I, I'm really liking it. I just thought I'd tell you about it. So just want to encourage people to do that. And Tom, you had an interesting topic for today that you came up with. Why don't you, since it's your topic, why don't you introduce it? Yeah, I call it uh, telling better feeling stories. And um, you know, a lot of people might not understand that <laughs> throughout the day they're talking to themselves all day long. I think we all understand that, but that in a way, what we're telling ourselves are the stories about how we think our life is unfolding what we think is going on, on any realm, our own personal feelings, our own personal opinions about things, and certainly our ideas about what we're getting from the news and from, you know, events that are happening in the world and right around our own neighborhood. Um, but those stories are affecting the way our lives are unfolding. And I believe they it even goes deeper than that. It's affecting the way the, the world is unfolding, you might say. And so this is about learning to take a new direction and open up new possibilities for us. It really does open up possibilities because the stories that we tell ourselves for the most part, and, and we should probably you know clarify what those stories are, typically they're the stories of what happened to us in the past, recent past, distant past, yesterday. <laughs> and, anything, yeah, and, right. and they're, they're typically the negative ones, right? The ones that we tend to repeat. So, you know, I'll, I won't go for one of the really dark and, and dastardly ones because there's a lot of you know abuse stories and so forth out there. I'll, I'll go for something a little bit lighter. But let, let's say yesterday you, you just couldn't get through a traffic light without it turning red. No, that, that's really mild. Okay, but but <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but it makes it a more pleasant conversation. Let's put it that way. So you know you couldn't you couldn't get through a traffic light without it turning red. Well, how about changing the story around to you had 15 opportunities to sit and relax and kind of center yourself before you continue down your journey. Exactly. Yeah, so it's basically getting good. It's it's actually, there's this um, great way of, uh, I've thought about it, is that you, that's such a great, sounds kind of naive, you know, like, well, yeah, I'm, you know, how do I change the fact that I have tremendous pain in my head, you know, every day from my sinus headache as something that I've had a lot. Um, you know, and there are ways to do this. There are ways, like you said, if it's if you're getting at all those red lights, how can you how can you think about it? Like like you just said, that's that's a great way to put it. You know, I had all this time to to relax instead of being uptight about getting somewhere. I learned today with eight red lights, you know, just to chill out. So sometimes that's what the universe is telling you. Sometimes it's just the universe saying, "Hey, slow down. You're you're pushing way too hard there trying to get through all those traffic lights." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some reason why you're getting the red lights and if we look at our life as having a um 
spiritual, you say having a divine intent. You know, like is there is there a divine unfolding to my life that's always somehow in happening in in a good way? Like there's somehow um, an intention taking place in my life that's coming perhaps from my own heart, perhaps from my own uh, intention to have a good life that's actually always trying to show me that best way to go. And um, there's this great saying that really changed my whole life about four years ago, and I, I still try to live by this as, every day as much as I can, and that is is what I'm saying, um, what I want to have my life be going forward. You know, and, oh, yeah. And then, and then the, the, the phrase is um, only talk and think about what you want to have happening in the next moment, in the next hour, in the next day, in the next week. Are you talking about the things you want to have happen? Or are you talking about things that if those things come true, it's going to be more of the same misery for you and for others if you keep repeating the story about how bad something is in your life? You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Because if you keep telling that bad story over and over again, you're just attracting more of it, which is the last thing we want to do. We want to have, you know, the good things attracted in. You can't do that if you're, if you're, Normal attention, let's call it that. I'm not sure if normal is perhaps a good word, but <laughs> if your consistent attention maybe is uh, focused on all that stuff that didn't work the way you wanted it to, that worked against what you felt your best interest was, well, you're just going to get more of that. So you have to change the, the storyline. You have to change you know, the focus. You have to change your feeling about it. You have to change all of that. And that begins by knowing, first of all, what the bad story is that you're telling yourself, recognizing it, and then turning it around into, okay, what's the better way to look at it? What's the better way to tell the story so it doesn't have that kind of traumatic impact on me, right? Yeah, and what I found with myself and what I found with a lot of my clients is that this does not necessarily happen overnight. In other words, um, if I've had a habit of feeling really freaked out about money or really worried about when am I ever going to meet the partner I want to have in my life or how come you know, I still have these symptoms in my body that are so painful for me. You know, when is this ever going to stop? I don't realize, but we're, we have like quite a few sentences and quite a few paragraphs that we tell ourselves about how bad our situation is and how much we are pained by it, how much misery we get from it. And um, we don't realize that focusing on what is and how bad what is 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 a is the way that it's perpetuated. And so, what I suggest clients do, and what I did that helped a lot, is I take a piece of paper, like in a in a notebook or whatever, and write, put a line down the center of that piece of paper. And on the left side of the page, you can write these stories that are so bad about what's going on in your life. You know about how you've been trying to make more money for for eight years and you're still not making more money or you've been trying to find a job in the field you want to have a job in for, you know, two years and it's just not working out. You've been trying to get that promotion. You've been trying to get um, your wife to agree to seeing a situation in a different way. You could, the, the list is endless about the possible situations that we are, are on half. Those situations on the left side of the column, you can make several pages of, if you have a whole lot of different negative stories that are going on in your life, and then you start seeing them. Now they're out on paper, and you see, well, these are the things I keep telling myself. And then on the right side of the paper, when you can, 
what I suggest even and what I did a lot, just what's, what would be the opposite of that? You know, what would be the opposite of the fact that um, my head, in my head I have these tremendous and they bother me every day. It still happens. And on the right side I write, I have clear nasal passages. I have, my head is clear. I feel wonderful every day. I feel so healthy. And then you see the two extremes, you know, of what's possible. And then, you know, you could begin to write sentences on the right side that are that are headed in the direction that you want to go. Maybe you can't begin to immediately tell yourself that your head is clear because you, you feel so strongly that the fact that it isn't clear is just bumming you out so bad that you can't even, you can't, you know, begin to tell yourself my head's clear when it's not clear. You know, you, you feel like that would be a lie. I can't lie to myself. But you can begin to say, yeah, uh, wouldn't it be wonderful if my head began to clear? Wouldn't it be wonderful if I woke up without earaches? You know, you can start to write the better feeling possibilities on the right side of the column. And when so you this do- is like a whole, it's a whole process. You know, it takes a while to come up with better feeling stories in some areas of our life because we believe so strongly in our negative story that we tell ourselves. We even tell those stories to other people all the time. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, it's part of our daily conversation. Oh, so what's going on? Oh, well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it. My, my head is stuffed up. I can't seem to do anything to clear it out. You know, and it's just one thing after another. I mean, how often do we tell stories like that? <laughs> I was working with a client, you know, the other day, and at the end of the session, she said, oh, well, then, based on what you're saying, maybe I've got to quit constantly telling my friends how bad the situation is with my with my husband, mm. you know, how bad the situation is in my home, because I spend all my time, and they all listen to me, and they all feed back how bad it is, and it's just it's just who she's known as, you know, this person who has this bad situation in her life. And, uh, and I said, yeah, definitely. You know, we've got to watch what comes out of our mouth and what we're telling ourselves because, you know, that's setting up the vibration for what we're attracting into our lives. There are sometimes and that's what too. it all comes down to. Oh, it does. There, there are sometimes, too, where, you know, the, the, you, you talked about how she had some bad stuff going on at home and, you know, it was really rough. Obviously, it was so rough that she was talking about it all the time. Well, it, it may not always be easy to find a, a silver lining to what's going on there. But that doesn't mean you have to stay on that subject. You can always change the subject. That's probably one of the easiest ways to get away from that kind of negative self-conversation. Yeah, and, and as Abraham would call that, going general. So you you just change the subject into something that is completely different that you have a good feeling about, something that you do like. Um, you know, can you talk about that instead? Yeah, that's or, a good idea. You don't you, want you don't want you, to be somebody else that you're going to something else you're going to get all freaked out about because then you're just repeating the same cycle. So you're right. It's got to be something you feel good about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a funny thing when you start asking yourself. I mean, it, it was huge for me to. It took me weeks and months to uh, to finally accept the fact that to only talk and think about what I want to have happen, because realizing that it's that powerful that if I walk into my friend's house, I used to go to my friend's, his particular friend's house for dinner all the time, and I would walk in, and I would always have something to say about how bad the global climate change situation was and how we're seeing worse conditions, and I would study the science of global climate change, and it would totally convince me that we're going to hell in a handbasket, right, that we're, we're never getting out of this alive, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and so then I would go to their house for dinner 
And I, what, what I'd start talking about in the, over dinner would be the, the latest worst news, right? Yes. <laughs> and after a while, I realized I was doing that all over the place in my life, not just with them. And I was doing it in my head constantly. And what, and what the outcome for, for me was I felt terrified, you know, and I was trying to think of where can I go in the world that I'm going to be safe? You know, where can I take my family that we're going to be safe? And there was nowhere because in my mind, I only saw that things were going to get worse. And so how do we, how do we turn those stories around, you know? And I realized I had to quit. Number one, I had to vow that when I went into their house, if I wanted to have a good evening with them, I had to quit bringing up this stuff. And I practically lost them as friends. And they told me that afterwards. They said, we, we were ready, you know, to tell you, forget about coming to dinner because we can't take any more of this negativity. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> so, well, sure. And I understand that. I've been there. Possibility I had to maintain my sanity and my friendships. Yeah, and, and I've done the same thing. I mean, for me, my, my bugaboo was the size of government and how big it is and over overarching it is and so forth. So I would freak out about that for the longest time and with the exact same result of what you just described. I'd, I'd talk about it with friends and I'd bring them down. I'd be bringing myself down constantly. And it was a never-ending cycle. It was I didn't know what to call it at the time, but now that I understand what Abraham Hicks teaches, I'd call it a descending vortex, a negative vortex. And once you get one of those going, boy, I mean, they can be really hard to get out of. And it took me a while. It, I mean, I, I can't say I'm 100% out of it. I'm about 99% out of it. I I certainly don't focus on that, that kind of negative cycle anymore. I, I still kind of mm -hmm. poke my head in the news occasionally just to see, you know, what, what's the latest craziness that came from Donald Trump. But, you know, beyond that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just don't pay attention to it because it's, it's so toxic. And on the, on the left side, right, the negative things that you feel about the government would you feel like on the right side you could eventually come up with filling story to tell about going forward the kind of government you would like to have i i did pursue that for a while and found that that helped a lot but i also found that there was something else that helped me even more and it's uh -huh. right in line it's right in our wheelhouse here on loa today i found that i i felt most optimistic about society where a government is concerned by not focusing on government at all and instead focusing on the power of change that understanding and application of the law of attraction can bring into individual lives. And when I thought yeah. about it that way, I realized I don't have to get all wound up about all that stuff. You know, actually, yeah. all, all the negatives I was worried about, they actually go away when people start empowering themselves and by teaching themselves how and when and where to change their attitude and attract what they need to in their lives. You can basically, this is a, this whole law of attraction thing is a way to eliminate poverty. It's eliminate war, eliminate all the, those horrible things that I really disliked about what was going on in governmental circles. It, it, if everybody learns yeah. how to apply this, all that disappears. Well, that's quite a big statement, Walt, <laughs> because when you, if people hear that, I would, you know, I would go, what? You know, what did he just say? We can eliminate all of these things like war and all these problems with the government and poverty and and famine and everything by people thinking different. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's gigantic. It's a huge shift to say that. But I firmly believe it now. And 
that, that's one of my motivators. I mean, I do the show with you and with Wendy and with Cindy and David and Joel because I love doing it because it's so much fun. But it also helps. Yeah. There's this other side that's like, you know, the more people that we kind of expose to it and get on board and say, hey, let's have our daily, host, daily dose of happy. The more that that happens, the more we're helping to spread change and we don't even have to get a political party together. <laughs> well, I see. I I totally agree with you that um, that tremendous change can take place when people are aligned with their happiness and their joy, and when they are broadcasting into the world possibilities of things improving, and possibilities of things that actually not even not even seeing things as messed up, because they tell a story of how it would be if things were the way they would prefer it to be. Right. And the, but I think for a lot of listeners, and I know for even in my own family, last night I was at dinner with my ex-wife and my son, and, and the whole evening the conversation kept drifting back to all the problems in the world. You know, the, the, right now there's fires going out in, on in California and talking about tremendous problems uh, they see with the current administration. And... And but there, but the, the tone of the conversation was, this is a hopeless. These are hopeless situations that there's basically, you know, they they couldn't see any hope in anything, right? Yeah. And so it's like to be able to say, and I tried to steer the conversations towards, you know, that we're we're all vibratory beings. You know, basically everything that we're broadcasting into the world is a vibration, and if our vibration is part of the solution. To problems in the world, then we're more likely to be bringing about solutions in the world. And if our vibration is we're we're screwed, you know, and that things are horrifically bad, and we keep looking more and more and more at what's horrifically bad, that isn't that vibration just going to keep that alive in the world? And I think there's an ancient thing in in a lot of people in the world where we've we we get so attracted to the drama and the trauma and the and the horror of things that we can't avert our eyes from it and we can't quit talking about it it's like when people drive by an accident on the road and and all the lanes slow down and half of the slowing down is to look at what happened you know especially when there's eight fire trucks and 10 police cars, you know, and about eight cars piled up there. Everybody wants to see, and it's natural because we care about each other. We care about each other's trauma and drama, but but does focusing on it help? You know, it, it helps to some degree because then we say, oh, there's a problem there and we need to address that problem. There's people suffering. We need to, like, help people not suffer, and that's a natural human reaction. But what's the best way to help people not suffer? That's what it comes down to for me, you know. And it, and I believe it's getting my vibration into the solution. Like, let's get that person to the hospital and let's take care of their wounds, you know, rather than just let's look at how bad it is. Yeah, I agree so, with that last part especially. I mean, I mentioned a few minutes ago how I'll, I'll kind of take a peek to see what Donald Trump is doing. And I won't do that. Let me clarify that. I won't do that in a way that's trying to find out what's the latest horrible thing he said and what's the biggest mm -hmm. lie and all that kind of thing. That's not what I'm looking at. The thing I'm looking for is where's the latest funny in it? Where's the latest thing to laugh at? Because, I mean, 
Okay. Seriously, <laughs> if you take this out of the context of how horrible the world is and just put Donald Trump in like this isolated box and then listen to the stuff uh, he puts out, it's hysterically funny. It's really, really, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is so divorced from any connection with reality that if a comedian yeah. were saying it on stage, he'd have the audience rolling in the aisles. So if you, if you you have to kind of make a little shift in your thinking. You have to say, I'm taking that out of the context of the fact that he's president of the United States, and I'm putting it into the context of him being in the latest silly movie. And now it's an entirely uh-huh. different experience. So when I, I uh-huh. see him, you know, I don't even know what the latest thing was because I don't pay as much attention as I'm even hinting there. I, I rarely pay attention anymore. But I know that there's the Mueller uh, investigation going on, right? And, you know, he comes out with some sort of quote that clearly contradicts what he said previously about something, some part of that investigation. And then his advisors are hammering Mueller about uh, how he should be fired and all this stuff. And I look at that. I just laugh because it's so ludicrous. It is so preposterous. There's no way I could take any of that seriously. Now, if I do take it seriously, that's when I turn off the news. That's yeah. when I know I'm I'm too immersed in this, and I turn off the news a lot, Tom. I mean, I can't mm-hmm. tell you. I, I haven't watched a newscast in oh god years. It's been a long time yeah. since I've seen a newscast, and the only news yeah. I even look at is I'll look at the headlines on Google News, just because yeah. it's a nice quick way to scan. And in about five seconds, I've got everything I need to know, and I'm done. Yeah, yeah. You know, I do the exact same thing, um, and I haven't really had um you know a newspaper or radio or television where i listened consistently to the news in at least three years and the thing is is that i realize that if you if we create you know how many news agencies there are in the world and we send out those you know what is it fifty thousand reporters and correspondents in order sort of with the assignment that you've got to find the news that's going to sell cars, that's going to sell products on television and online, you know, you, you've got to find the news that's going to make people want to watch it because that's how our station will stay in business. We've got to sell this news. And therefore, the old story in, in the business of newspapers and things was, you know, the, the bad stories. I forget there's a way, there's a phrase they say that, you know, lead with the bad news, that the bad news is, is really what sells. And that's an old paradigm. It's an old way of looking at um, society and how we live is to say, let's focus, let's tell everybody the worst things that happened today. You know, who died? Who was murdered? You know, like, where's the worst crimes that were committed? Right. Um, what's the you know, worst weather that happened? Who, who, <laughs> who drowned, you know? And, who drowned? And then everybody, everybody wants to know that. Right. Yeah. And because it's like, well, if you lived in a small town, you'd want to know, you know, who got hurt and who who got divorced and these kind of things. But I'm so sad in a way that we don't have the opposite going on in the world, which is 50,000 reporters who are going out every day looking for things that are very hopeful, that are incredible signs that things are turning around, that are beautiful signs that not only are they turning around, but that a lot of things are just fine. You know, there's tons of, you know, communities that are functioning well. There's not hardly any communities where houses are burning down. You know, there's not, I mean, if you look at the whole world, there's hardly any communities that firestorms are racing through. But, yeah, there's lots of people that are waking up hungry this morning. They don't have enough food. There's a lot of people that are ill with cancer and heart disease and all kinds of things. All of that matters. But 
is focusing on how bad it is helping anything? Or is it, if we focus on the relief that's possible, if we focus on how good things are developing in a lot of sectors of the economy and a lot of sectors of communities throughout the world, there's good things afoot. People are creating things every day. What what if we just had news agencies that told us as much that stuff as the negative stuff? I I would probably want to watch those stations, you know, because it would give me hope. It would make me feel like, wow, there's good things happening. And I could maybe want to go to work for one of those companies that's doing good things, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, in a sense, you do, because that's what this show is about. This show is all about exactly. the good news, all the good stuff that's going on. And we're, we, I, I mean, I understand what you mean about the paradigm about if you want to sell advertising, you show all the bad stuff because that's the great way to grow, to draw a crowd. But I would also submit that a lot of that has to do with the preconditioned approach that people have, the default conditioning they have that leads them throughout their lives to always be focusing on negative. What if right. we do what we do on this show? which is encourage people to look at the positives, encourage people to see that the glass isn't just half full, it's actually brimming over. And you didn't notice that because you were looking at the empty glass over on the left-hand side. You know, look at the, the full exactly. glass because it's really, really full. If we focus on that, I mean, we're already seeing it. I think we're going to see a huge increase in listenership here. It's one of the reasons we're promoting it. We're asking people to share it on social media. And, oh, and if people want to call in, we'd love to hear their views on that, too. Um, the number is on the website there, but uh, if you're listening on PRN or, or one of the other uh, distribution channels we have, the number would be 860-264-5432 if you're listening during the broadcast. Actually, if you're listening on PRN, you're hearing, hearing a recording, but we invite you to come listen to the broadcast because we're on um, 8, uh, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Time every weekday morning and 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time every afternoon. So two different times during the day when you can call in. So there's a long commercial message right there. But <laughs> but the yeah, point is... There's there, something really positive. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no reason why we can't be promoting that too. Positivity actually sells. The way we know that positivity sells is that the newscasters save one positive story for the end of their broadcast. You ever notice that? They don't put it uh -huh. at the beginning because they believe that it's going to be easier to sell the advertisers on the fact that they've got all this negative news that they're pushing. But they still put the positive news in there. Well, why would they? What's the point? They're trying well, to sell advertising know, all the time. Took, I took journalism in college, and that was they had it, literally had a name for that story. It's sort of like the cute animal story. It's, it's, it used to be about you know a kid or an animal, and you put that at the very end because that's the that's the feel-good part of the news and and that people need you know people love the feel-good things it's like you go on facebook and uh, you know it's still pretty much a lot of this on facebook you know the all these amazing videos about animals and animals loving other animals and people loving animals and and uh you know it's like people love love you know they love stuff that's beautiful they love stuff that's uplifting and luckily on Facebook, there is a bunch of that. And so, I think as that moves more and more into the mainstream, it's just it's just like we've got to – it's like people need to become convinced that that dwelling on their problems, dwelling on the world problems and their own personal problems is not how problems get solved. That's the tricky part. You know, we it, it's like um, – I know that Abraham Hicks, you know, they, they say – the biggest mistake that we make as humans is believing too much in what is 
you know, and looking at what is and believing that's the way it is. If that's what my eyes see and my ears ears hear, that's the most important thing that I need to focus on. Whereas in reality, we need to focus on what would we like to be creating going forward. We have tremendous power with our imagination, and most of us don't know how to use yes. our imagination exactly. to create, you know, a better day for ourselves. And we all have that ability to make the the, the imagination produce eight a better ways day. to bet. It's called eight ways to better days, and people can go to my website, which is youarejoy.com. That's the words youarejoy.com, and they can order this for free. It's it's a PDF called Eight Ways to Better Days, but the whole thing is basically about how do we get ourselves to focus on telling better days that bum us out that doesn't work is we don't feel good when we tell it, you know, right? If you're walking around your house and you're telling yourself, man, I don't, I don't know when I'm ever going to clean out that garage, you know, that yeah. garage, I can't even get the car in there anymore. But we tell that same story almost every day for three years. You know, it's like, no wonder the garage never gets cleaned out. Yeah, right. <laughs> but if we, if we, if we imagine it getting cleaned out and we tell a story like, it's going to feel so good when I get that part of the garage organized. It's going to feel so great when I can get the car back in there. Or we say, I wonder if I just took, you know, three hours this next Saturday and, and just worked on that one portion of the garage, if I could actually get rid of half of that stuff, you know, and we start telling a story of what it would be like when we, when we finally get it done instead of, I don't know when I'm ever going to get that done. Why don't I ever do it? This is such a drag. I hate my garage the way it is. You know? <laughs> it's true. I mean, we, we sabotage ourselves so many different ways just because we aren't aware that we're sabotaging ourselves. And that's yeah. that's a good thing. That's the cool thing about getting your daily dose of happy here on LOA today because we're saying, hey, you don't have to focus on that anymore. Isn't that good news? Hooray! <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it doesn't. it doesn't always come easy for us to to stop our old habits you know we've been we've been thinking those ways for sometimes almost our whole life you know mm. we we might not even remember a time and 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 in our families we might have a mother and a father who always you know thought about the worst case scenario you know or maybe they always um complained about you know something and and our sister complains about it and our brother complains about it when we get together as a family, we all complain about it, you know. Right. And those those habits, we start to think that's what life is. And that can become pretty destructive. You know, it, pretty this quickly. is going to go away, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's it's just amazing how often it shows up in our lives. All the different ways that we literally set ourselves up. We don't realize it, but we literally set ourselves up just by continuously focusing on all the the stuff. By default, because it's like we have this common belief that the only things we're allowed to focus on are the things that occur to us, that happen to us in our daily lives. And if we are in any way deviating from that, we're somehow committing a heresy and uh, you know, lightning is going to strike and uh, horrible things are going to happen. And most, most horrible of all, you're going to be disconnected from reality, which is the furthest if thing you- from the truth. <laughs> If you if you stop focusing on how bad things are, yeah. If you stop focusing on, on all the stuff that comes by your your line of vision, all the terrible things that are happening. Um, you mentioned yeah. uh, traveling by uh, traveling on a highway and you see the accident on the side of the road. Even within something like that, which is clearly a, a very unhappy situation, 
Again, it depends what you focus on. Most people, mm-hmm. rubberneck, that's where the concept of rubbernecking comes from, right? You, you all slow down mm-hmm. and I gotta look over there and rubberneck over and see, oh, what's going on over there? And mm-hmm. if I'd be willing to bet probably 95, 98% of them are all focusing on who got hurt, how bad was the accident? But what if we're mm-hmm. focusing on, look at all of those emergency vehicles that are there to rescue the person, get them the treatment they need so they can recover? Now, how mm-hmm. many people actually focus on that when they're rubbernecking? I'm willing to bet very, very few. Imagine what would happen right. if everybody who was rubbernecking, rubbernecking said, instead of getting all upset about the fact that there was an accident, get excited about the fact that they're getting help. What would happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's also this thing, like Abraham talked about, you know, if, if, if human beings are creating wars, there must be enough human beings that like war in some way, some way or another, they they want to do that. Uh, the same way, like you go to a movie, right? Hollywood creates how many movies that are horrific, right? Oh, yeah. In terms of what of what they show, and and, the, and and what's the most common theme that's been going on in literature and movies? One of the most common themes for is it centuries? You know, which is the theme of yeah, I'm sure it's centuries, but like the theme of war or the theme of um, you know, the bad guys come in, they create a horrible situation, and the good guys have to, you know, rally every these that are disadvantaged to the bad guys, but they fight and they fight and they fight and they finally overcome the evil. And, um, you know, just until the next episode when the evil's going to come back and, and it's going to be even stronger this time, you know. And, uh, and it's like, why do we like watching that situation, you know, and then we create that in our own personal lives. You know, we we make money, but then we lose the money or we worry about, you know, that if we see a fire in California, this could happen to my house. And we start really worrying about our own situation. Um, so there's some there's some fascination. You know, I know when I rubberneck to see an accident, part of me is looking to see if there's somebody laying on the ground underneath a blanket. You know, it wants to see, you know, like how bad was it? You know, and so there's something in us, you know, that that just is it's almost like the human condition is to is to get attracted to to drama, you know. Well, sure. You mentioned how far back war goes. War literally goes back to Greek mythology. I mean, when you read Greek mythology, Greek mythology is just chock full of war. war. Greek mythology is basically about two, two, three, maybe three subjects. The main subject is war. The second subject is how crazy the gods are. And the third subject is what happens in terms of how you make a war when somebody sleeps with somebody else's wife. And that's yeah. Greek mythology in a nutshell right there. So, yeah. you know, there, there's, there's an excellent example about and Greek mythology. I mean, how many people over the millennia have paid a lot of attention to Greek mythology? I, I would say anybody who was literate from, like, you know, the birth of Christ on was paying some degree of attention to Greek mythology. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you ask the question, why is it that we focus on that? Why are we so drawn to the drama? And I think we could probably do a whole show on that topic alone. But my reaction to it, my my belief about what's going on there is that 
when we focus on the drama, when we focus on the, the negative stuff that's going on, what we're really doing is we're trying to look for something that reminds us of the dramas that are, our, are in our own lives, preferably something that's worse than what's in our own lives so that we don't have to feel so bad about ourselves. It's a way of like counterbalancing it. Well, yeah, I had a bad day today, but look how bad of a day he had. Look how bad of a day she had, you know? That, that, that I think yeah. is what's really going on. It's sort of, well, it's so funny because I, I kind of think myself, I do not any longer enjoy the drama. No, I don't, I don't either. You know, what, wh- why is it that, that I was able to change the way that I see life into, you know, like I, I really get so excited about there being more positivity in communities. I get excited about thinking of what would it be like if there was, um, 20 dance halls in Boulder, Colorado, where I live, and every night there was, you know, 5,000 people went dancing, you know, it would be like, (laughs) I mean, part of me says, why not? You know, why are we, why aren't we having more fun as a society and as communities, even as families, you know, I mean, I remember when Abraham Hicks said, you know, that, that all the sports in the world, the football, the basketball, that is doing more in and be then all the religions in the world, you know, and pardon me to anybody who's listening, who's, who's, you know, very much into your religion. But the point they were trying to make is that when people watch sports, they get happy, they get happy, even though they get upset about their team losing, they get happy, they enjoy watching the sport. And so there's a huge thing in society of wanting to be happy and wanting to enjoy. And I feel like you know, is it possible that we can vibrate more as individuals and thus as a society with the things we enjoy than with our focus on the things that are going wrong? Because I think that's how the world changes. I I think there's a lot of truth to that. I, I also think that there's truth to another part of what Abraham teaches through Abraham Hicks, which is that it's the diversity that makes the universe work, that makes not just our world work, but the non-physical work as well. And that diversity means that you're going to have things like war and uh, controversies and abuses and all kinds of stuff. That's going to happen. The real question, though, is does it need to happen in your life? And if mm. it happens in somebody else's life, does it need to impact your life? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. Be- because it really doesn't when we think about it. it, it you know, if, if somebody decides to go to war with somebody else and the two of them decide they want to battle it out, if you're not paying any attention to it and you're you're focusing other and other places and actually removing yourself from that locale because you don't want to be around it, you're no longer affected by it. They're choosing what they wanted to do. You're choosing what you wanted to do. It's all good. Now, mm-hmm. it's not pleasant for someone with, say, our sensibilities to look at all that war that's over there. We don't like what they're doing over there. But we don't have to make it part of our lives. We can keep it out of our right. lives. We can just say, I'm just not going to be a part of that. I'm going to focus on the stuff that I'm enjoying, the stuff that I like. And I think what happens over time is the power of that drama reduces because fewer and fewer pay, uh, people pay attention to it. So it's not like we have to change everybody's mind. It's not like we have to get everybody to go to the dance halls, although, hey, it would be great to have 16 dance halls, right? But you know, mm-hmm. if you're not, some people just aren't into dancing. That's all there is to it. You know, so if they're not into right, dancing, right. no big deal. You know, the point is, right. if we're all learning how to focus on what it is that we want and take our minds off of what we don't want, 
it doesn't really matter that that other stuff's going on. It doesn't matter because everybody has the power to focus on what it is they want if we choose to do so. The thing that's been lacking is 99% of us have not been choosing what we're going to focus on. We've been just letting it happen by default. And that's what sets us up more than anything else. Exactly. And, you know, people believe that, um, you know, all these things that are happening are incredibly serious and they are so serious that they could impact us so they can always we can always extrapolate, well, if there's fires going on in California that are fanned by high winds, then couldn't there be fires in my town that are fanned by high winds? Um, and therefore, I should go to the city council and we should talk about let's get prepared so that if we start getting high winds here because of climate change and, and the dry conditions that are starting to happen more frequently, there's more drought, then we should be prepared. And there is something that is a totally legitimate argument. You know, let's get prepared because we see it happening over there. The question is, you know, is our vibration, you know, helping the situation or is it contributing to more panic, more fear that will then bring more of that vibration alive in the world of, you know, it's sort of like the law of attraction says that what you vibrate with, you attract more of into the world. And I kind of think that each of us is like a little dynamo. I know people might not agree with this, but what if each one of us was, if if we're an infinite being, as some people suggest, occupying a human body, and our vibration is very powerful, so that if we're vibrating with fear and worry and and expecting catastrophe, are you know aren't we likely attracting that very thing that we're afraid of into our life? And if we've going to be okay, are we attracting more of that into our lives? And that's really the question of telling better feeling stories. You know, which story would you rather tell that we're going to be overcome by, you know, a flood, you know, when that all that snow melts or that we're going to be okay. We've, you know, we've got it. We've created a diversion system. And in fact, um, you know, we've never had a big flood here. So why should I be so worried about it? You know, I mean, it's just the way we think about things that we're attracting more of that alive in the world. Yeah, isn't it interesting how often our good intentions work against ourselves because we feel like we have to focus on these these really serious things, that we have to, to spend time on them and worry about them and plan against them and all that kind of thing. But we're, we're really, really good at the negatives. I mean, we're, re- we're experts at it. We're masters when it comes to focusing on the negatives. We really are. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and the challenge is now to become masters of focusing on the good stuff. Because there's such a draw, there's such a pull to looking at all that negative stuff and being worried about it and being upset about it and so forth. And it, you know, so it, it takes time. It takes, it takes willingness. It takes determination. It takes some willpower. It takes some, you know, like, I'm just not going to do that anymore. It, you have to kind of make a resolution and say, I'm just not going to look at that news anymore. I'm just not going to look at that crazy political situation anymore. I'm just not going to look at, look at the global warming anymore. I'm not going to look at any of the stuff that's upsetting me. I'm going to just stop uh-huh. focusing on, and instead, because you can't just stop, right? You can't just say, I'm not going to, you know, just say no doesn't really work. You have to replace it with something. So I'm going to replace it with looking at and focusing on all the ways that I'm able to improve my own life, improve the life of the people I care about, you know, improve what's going on around me, not by focusing on the negatives, but by focusing on the good stuff. Because the good stuff is what gets lost in the way. You know, the, when people 
are activists particularly. The activists forget about the good stuff. You mentioned that earlier. They, 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 they forget that there's so much good happening. I mean, you want to have one good thing if you're into uh, being afraid of terrorism? Notice the fact that there are 310 million Americans who have never been victims of terrorism. Now, when was the last yeah. time that was in a newscast? Never, I don't right. think. I don't think that's ever been covered in a newscast. Whereas the small percentage who have been affected by it, yeah, terrible stuff. But how often does that get replayed on the media? Over and over and over and over and over and yeah. over again. Yeah. To the point where it feels yeah. like that's all reality. And it's not. Right. That's right. That's right. And people, you know, it's, it comes back to that same thing. You know, people think if they, if something horrible happens and we look at it again and again and again, and unfortunately, news, these news stations that will broadcast it again and again and again, they're sort of like putting it in front of everyone's eyes that, that's willing to watch that stuff. I'm having, I'm having a lot of my friends tell me that they can't stand to turn on the television anymore because it's too freaky for them. Which you know, is good. they just it's can't healthy. stand to see how bad, how many bad stories there are about things that are, you know, the latest, you know, mass murder, you know, the the latest fire, the latest hurricane, the latest political, you know, debacle. I mean, it, it's it's just overwhelming, and maybe that's a good thing because if they turn it off. And they start to look at their own life and say, how can I be happy here in my own community? You know, well, you this hurricanes. is a big topic, though, you know, <laughs> you, it is. You, you mentioned hurricanes. And that makes me think of a story that I told sometime earlier this week. I think I may have told it to you if I did. Forgive me. OK, I think I may have spent it said to somebody else, too. I'm not sure who I told it to. But mm -hmm. hurricanes, you ever notice how in the weather forecasts, the, the people, the meteorologists who do the broadcast, if there is a potential for a hurricane, by the time you're done listening to them, it's a certainty. Doesn't matter whether it's actually going to happen, it's a certainty and in things, damage is going to happen all over the place. People are going to have to run for their lives. I mean, that's the impression you get watching mm -hmm. the weather yeah. forecast, right? Now, let me tell yeah. you a story that shows just how ridiculous that is and just how much they're attracting it. Um, I discovered in my own life by accident some 20 years ago or so that I have the ability to influence the weather. Now, I know that sounds mm -hmm. really, really weird. I mean, that sounds woo-woo and so far out there, but mm -hmm. I've had, I've been able to do it so many times that I am now convinced that I can. And I won't yeah. tell you the litany of all the stories, but there, there have been probably 40 or 50 incidents where I wanted to influence the weather for the better and I was able to do it. Mm -hmm. And against the odds. But this one, I think, really illustrates it the best. This one story. This one happened about, hmm, I want to say like seven or eight years ago, something like that. We were living in Virginia at the time. And in Virginia, Virginia is part of Tornado Alley. I mean, it's not like Oklahoma or whatever, you know, which gets practically a, a tornado every third hour. But it does get its share of tornadoes. And particularly up what is known as the Lee Highway, named for Robert E. Lee, uh, Route 29, mm -hmm. which goes up uh, south to north in Virginia, that tends to mm -hmm. be like a, a channel where you get a lot of tornadic activity coming through. Well, we lived right next to Route 29. And mm -hmm. one day, a storm was coming through that area, and you could see it on the weather uh, website, AccuWeather, right, where you have the radar and, you know, the heat map. It shows you where all the the most dangerous activity is that's always like a red or a deep red and then the green is light rain and then if it's clear then you know that there's there's no actual color there so that's how you read the map right well there mm -hmm. was a storm cell that was deep deep red and i was tracking it and it was coming right 
toward the area where we lived. And I zoomed in on the map and found that it was going to go directly over our house. Hmm. Now, if I was the typical person, I could have flipped out over that, right? Oh my God, Mm -hmm. this horrible damaging storm. And it was producing, you know, really high winds. It was producing damage. Fortunately, it was mostly going over farm country, so the damage was minimal. But you could tell it was definitely a damaging storm. It was a really bad storm cell, the kind that would produce like microburst type, you know, tornadic activity. So here it is coming at our house. It's about five minutes away, Tom. And so Mm -hmm. I turned to my wife. Now this is after we've had years of experience of influencing the weather. I said, well, Louise, we got to influence the weather again. She says, why? What's up? I said, well, there's a major storm cell coming right at our house right now. Uh So so we got to do our thing. Now here's what we do with our thing. We just, when we want to change the weather, we change it to what we want to be in our minds. So I began immediately, and she did the same thing. We began immediately focusing on, we love how blue the sky is and nice little puffy clouds. There's no breeze, but it's a nice, comfortable, it's like 70 degrees. It's like idyllic temperature. Mm. You know, we're doing all this kind of thing. And there there have been times actually where I actually produced that scene. Not always, but I use it as a way to change what's going on. So we did that Mm -hmm. for a few minutes. And then after we got done for a few minutes, well, the storm cell was on us. So I went outside to look to see what was going on. And when I went out to the yard, I could see 360 degrees all around this, all these dark gray clouds. And you could see trees, you know, for like, you know, a half mile away in other parts of the neighborhood and so forth. They were bending all over the place. And, you know, it was, Mm -hmm. it was obviously a really bad storm. And then I looked at the trees on the lot that we lived on and they were just Mm -hmm. barely moving. And they were mm-hmm. look, looking straight up. There was a little patch of blue sky above us. Mm-hmm. Now that should not be possible. <laughs> that should not be possible. If a major storm cell is coming over you, you're not going to get your own little window above it, right? That's not the way storm cells work. So how did I do that? How did my wife and I do that? Well, the only way I can explain it is we did it by focusing on what we wanted. Yeah. So clearly we are not victims of weather. Unless they choose to be. <laughs> you know, it's it's probably a lot of listeners wouldn't, you know, immediately assume that you actually changed the weather. No, they'll find the an explanation. That, you, that, yeah. that you've had, <laughs> that you've had a, an experience where you've been convinced that you've affected the weather is pretty powerful. And it's uh, not just one. Pers- I'm, I'm, I'm telling I've, the most dramatic one, but I've had, I'm not kidding, 50 or 60 of them where I wanted to change the weather and I did. And almost without yeah. exception. I can do yeah. it almost every time. Yeah. Well, I, I um, worked with an anthropologist who tells a story of how ancient armies like Hannibal had weather shaman that traveled with the entire army. And if they were crossing the Alps and they needed a snowstorm to stop the enemy from pursuing them, they would just create a snowstorm <laughs> and yeah. it would, you know, be, they would create it behind them. And then they, they, they would know that they were good. And that sounds like mythology, doesn't it? It sounds mythical. It sounds like it couldn't really be, so you have to turn it into a myth. Otherwise, no one would ever listen to it. <laughs> right, right. And yet, you know, the the, the Huichil Indians who live in northern Mexico were the were one of the only tribes um, that were not the whole area, what was that, 500 years ago. And um, they have, within their tradition, weather shaman. Who, who regularly affect the weather in that part of Mexico, according to them. And I've had friends who have literally gone and trained to do that. There's whole um, groups of people here in this Boulder area who who get together to affect the weather. And um, so 
I don't know, you know. I mean, I completely believe it's possible because I believe that everything is happening by vibration and that if we align our vibration, if we're infinite beings, if we really are infinite beings who are occupying these bodies, then we might be hooked into infinite powers, you know. And not to say that we're supposed to be all magicians or shaman, but maybe we are hooked into infinite power and if we believe in that and we trust in that, that we are doing more to actually affect what's going on on the earth than we might think we are. You know oh, what yes. I'm saying? And like oh, that's the thing you're saying is that we have, you know, you know, the thing that changed me from all my fear about global climate change was that I met a Native American woman who told me the stories of how her mother used to change the weather in their neighborhood all the time. Really? Okay. And that when she was she was a little girl and a storm was coming, her mother would go to the front window and she had this little doll. She would hold up this doll and she would say these things in, you know, Lakota or whatever language it was, and the storm would, she said she saw it so many times, the storm wouldn't touch them. Sure. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's like that's a huge indication of, like, if we're worried about global climate change, perhaps there's a whole power in 7 billion people on the earth believing that we can keep this earth in a good situation, that we have more power than we think. We're not all victims of circumstance, you know. We're not all victims of the weather, you know, that somehow it's in the hands of, you know, some divine power that wants to kill us all, you know. <laughs> it's like... And it's on the flip actually, side, too. On the flip side, you've got... Uh, another bunch of billion people who believe fervently in uh, climate change and are fearful of it, how much of a vortex are they creating? How much are they actually well, that's, instigating? That's right. you got both sides. That's right. By the way, there's, there's a footnote to the story I told. After the storm had passed, we decided to go take a look at the neighborhood. So we got in the car and started uh -huh. driving. Now, our, our lot had no damage at all. And our neighbors wow. to the left and right had no damage. But as soon as we got past the house on either either direction, you saw trees down all over the place. You saw branches down. There was somebody who had a tree who had fall, that had fallen into the roof. I mean, there, there was like all this damage all over the place, except for the immediate environment around our house. And I, that was true for about a circular, circular radius of, I would say, two to three miles. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I totally believe that's how things work, but... You know how many of our listeners are going to believe that you have to have you have to have experience in your life of proving to yourself that the stories you're telling yourself are having a powerful impact on how your life's unfolding and try changing your stories into better feeling stories and see what happens you know see if you begin to tell it in a different way and you quit telling it in the old way that you've been telling it. Or you just go general. You start doing things that are just take you totally off that subject so that you quit telling those stories and see if things don't start to improve in some area of your life. It's a great experiment to try that. It is, yeah. You don't have to start big. I mean, I actually wouldn't recommend starting with a storm cell. That's probably not the first place to try. But um, you can certainly do it with, like, you know, we're in winter now, so a large part of the part of the country lives in a zone where they're going to get at least some amount of snow. And different people have different reactions to snow. If you're one of the people who has the reaction to snow, oh, my God, Ugh. now we're going to have to live with them plowing the streets, and the streets are going to be slippery, and people are going to fall and break their legs on the sidewalk. I mean, if, if that's what your feeling is, then try changing it to something else. My, my wife has one of the, the few positive reactions whenever we get a snowstorm, particularly when it's the 18th of the year here in Connecticut. 
right? And everybody right. else is so sick of snow. And she's out there saying, oh, I love the snow. And she's jumping around, getting her cross-country skis <laughs> out. She can hardly wait. <laughs> it's uh, just the way uh, you choose to feel about it. So you know, do a little experiment, like Tom's saying. Just create an experiment and just choose a different way of feeling, some, something that you can at least partly believe in, and give it a shot because you'll be amazed what you can do. Yeah. Even, even like going to work today, you know, what, how, what, can you, what can you say, a story, can you quit telling one of the negative stories you tell about work, change it to a possible hopeful story, mm. you know, how, how would you prefer it to be, you know, and start just try for a week telling it in a different way, you know, and see if something doesn't change, because I believe it will if you, if you get on top of that situation and tell a better feeling story. Now, you do want it to be a positive story. You don't want to change it to another yeah. negative story. That'll, that'll definitely undermine you. That'll create all kinds of havoc. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to be a little bit yeah. selective about it. But, uh, hey, this is the opportunity to, to dream a, bit, a little bit, right? To, to imagine what would be the really good outcome that I, I believe could possibly happen that I'd be willing to dream about. That, that's really mm-hmm. the best way to start, I think. Yeah, what would, how would I feel better? You've got to imagine yourself, what's the better feeling you'd like to be having? You know, right. if it, if you've been feeling sadness about something, what would it feel like? You know, what, what would, it, what's a story you could tell yourself that would lead to some happiness around that situation? Mm-hmm. You know, or depressed, you know, what's, what's some story that you could tell yourself that would be a little bit more uplifting about your situation that, you know, and, and, you know, dig, dig, reach for those, reach for those little bit better feelings. Um, it, it takes a reach sometimes, you know. It does. But, but that's where, that's the direction that we got to go in to quit telling ourselves the same repeated story about how bad it is. You and know, again, the it's just going to make it worse. It's just going to keep it bad. And again, the important <laughs> thing is to focus on a reach that you feel it, you could actually reach for it. You have to believe it to some degree. So you, you don't want to just reach for something wildly out there because it would be great. You want to reach for something that you believe could happen within a relatively short period of time. It, yes, maybe yeah. it, it, it's more than what you would normally expect, but you have to believe it to that degree. You have to have that much belief in it because you have to maintain your focus on that. You can't deviate from it. You can't just say, okay, I just wish for that, but I don't really believe it's going to happen. That's going to contradict right. it and destroy it. So you can't right, do that. Right. Anyway, we're That's down... Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just saying we're down to the last uh, minute here. We're actually in the last minute. And before we leave everybody, I wanted to give you a chance, Tom, to tell everybody how they could reach you if they were interested in getting some coaching help from you. So if they want some coaching help, how can they reach you? Uh, they can reach me through my website, which is yourjoy.com, Y-O-U-A-R-E-J-O-Y.com. And there's a page on there called uh, a free discovery session where they can sign up for free for a, an hour of coaching with me. And hopefully I can address any situation that you want to bring to me that we can talk about for an hour. And if you like the help you get from me, then you can sign up for coaching with me if you'd like to. And if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do that because that's how you get your daily dose of happy. Tom, it's been a pleasure as usual. Can't wait to talk to you again on Monday. Yeah, Walt, I really appreciate it. All right. Looking we'll forward to uh, talking to you then. Join us uh, this afternoon, Wendy Dillard and I, at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. But uh, in case we don't see you then, we'll see you next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.